Hi, welcome to That Reminds Me Of, a podcast about film and the films that remind us of that film. You're here with Baron and the Doc. And the Maestro. Do we need another drink? Yes, we do. Yeah. Baron, my filmic friend. Doc, how are you? I'm not bad. Awesome. We've been spending a lot of time with each other lately. So much time. <laughs> so many films, so many episodes. Well, here we are at our back at our home away from home, the Capitol Theatre. Uh, my drink is charged. Yeah, it is. It's, it's laced. Nice. Um, this, and, uh, this episode is sponsored by Red Bull and some kind of vodka. It's, it's a mix, actually. Oh, yeah, okay. it's a mixed mix of vodka. Oh. I, I put um, Smirnoff and Finlandia in the same <laughs> flask. Ah, that's so, how they recommend you take both of those. Yeah, I'm a yeah. purist. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing today? Well, we've seen uh, a film called Perfect Days. By Vim Vendors. Vim Vendors. Vim Vendors. Vim Vendors. Vim Vendors. Correct. Not Wim Wenders. Well, it might be Wim Wenders Could be Wim for Wenders. all I know. I don't know either. I've always said Vim. That sounds more legit, doesn't it? Yeah, either sounds legit or wrong. <laughs> but I know, I think it's Vim. Okay, great. Let's run, run with Vim. So, this is a film written by Vim and Takuma Takasaki. Yes. Japanese writer. Directed by Vim. And uh, starring Koji Yakush- Yakusho, God, we're gonna <laughs> mer- who, who plays Hirayama yep. as the main character. This film came from Khan or via Khan to mm. Myth. I, don't, I think we should talk about the synopsis and all that sort of stuff, but then get into what we thought of it. Well, I know you did all the heavy lifting there with the names and, and all yep. that sort of stuff, but because you're on a roll, I wouldn't mind just you continuing this with the synopsis. If that's okay. Sounds good to me. I went to IMDb. Yes. Typed in Perfect Days and got uh, probably one of the shortest IMDb synopses that we've seen and also one of the weirdest and most funny, I think. I it's, not very, it's not laugh out loud funny. It's just like, oh, who would write a synopsis like that? But, you know, that's yep. what IMDb is known for, just sort of random synopses at times, right? So, the synopsis is a janitor in Japan drives between jobs listening to rock music. Oh, that is beautiful <laughs> that is How good right beautiful just minimalist yeah like the film like it's exactly reflective of the film except it's not two hours long right but it's got the, the the essence and the vibe the thing that's not said in this synopsis but you can glean from it is that not much else happens in this film yeah there's an absence of plot isn't there there really is well what did you think of it i absolutely loved it me too. Me too. I thought, <laughs> I thought it was, it was perfect days. <laughs> the whole way through, my mind was being blown. Here's, here's a guy who's yeah. being told you should, you should make films a certain way. Yeah. Basically, that's the Hollywood model. Uh, and this is a film that is the opposite of the Hollywood model because, I don't know, maybe there's an inciting incident 15 minutes in. Maybe there's a turning point. 30 minutes in, maybe, but I, I, I didn't spot it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't spot a particular midpoint or a low point or any of that stuff. Like it just, it just cruises. It does its yeah. own thing. Yeah. And it gets you early, don't you think? Yeah. With that minutia of detail and habit and that sort of thing. And then, then you get into his car for the first time and the rock music comes on, mm. the, the nostalgia. I just bloody loved that. 
you did the music yeah. aspect the, of it the in music particular well the music was a they were great choices of the for the soundtrack oh, it's a banging soundtrack but in in juxtaposition to use a sort of you know wanky word with um just his mundane real life it just brought those little moments of of beauty in the songs to life mm. and it like that reminded me of just moments in my own life and probably everyone's life you know when you you're you've had a hard day you're doing all the boring stuff and then maybe you get you know just 20 minutes where you've got to get in the car and you're stuck at the traffic lights and a song comes on that you love and it completely transforms your day and it becomes like a spiritual moment and this film was full of those little spiritual moments absolutely the thing that I came away thinking about this film in these sorts of terms was it's a film where nothing really happens and yet there's a lot happening. Mm. It's a film where there's almost no plot and, in, and yet you can read between every little moment yeah. just masses of, of subtext. Yeah, like so, Seinfeld. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Although there's a lot more happening in Seinfeld. That was there their is. pitch, but this is the, what the actual, yes. it's a film about nothing, right? Yeah. It's a film about nothing, but it's not that nothing happens. No, it's a film where nothing happens, but it's not about nothing. It's the other way around. It's, about, like it's about life because that's how life goes. You <laughs> exactly. Can go through several days or weeks or years, not really doing anything. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean your life is empty. I think we've set up that this is a film where not much happens. Mm. However, I think we've got to give the audience a little bit more than that. Maybe, you know, explain a bit more than a janitor drives around listening <laughs> to rock music. What do you reckon? Yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to try find it tough, but um, do you want to have a crack or are you, are you passing this over to me because I haven't done enough I'm this passing episode? it to you. Yeah. I okay. have some ideas, but I want to hear your thoughts on it first. Well, I guess nothing happens for a little while. There's a lot of scene setting of what this guy's life looks like. He's a janitor, so you go with him on his janitor run. And then gradually you do get introduced to some some secondary characters who flesh him out. Like firstly, there's his, his mate who is late for the shift and, and you know, um, isn't a good worker, so he's always sort of covering for him. Then his mate brings this young girl in who he's trying to impress and there's a little bit of sort of not friction but excitement perhaps between our, our lead character and the young girl mm. then his um his niece comes to arrive so all of a sudden you start to get an insight into his back catalogue of his life yeah um and then he's that brings his sister into it you realize that there's more to his life than you had otherwise thought still not much is revealed no. So it's all left sort of hanging and for you to work out yeah see i loved that moment when the sister arrives there's so much that isn't said, mm. but the fact that she's so well presented, mm. has a driver and a very expensive yeah. car that she's getting around in, and she's like, is it true that you're cleaning toilets? Yeah. It just says so much. You build into that little moment a whole backstory for this character, and everything you've seen has a new meaning. Yeah. You know, he's chosen to live this life that he's, do it, that he's living. He's chosen to clean toilets. He's obviously from a wealthy family. Mm. It's, I, I don't know. All of that for me was just a revelation. And mm. I think what I noticed was that when you show so little or you have so little plot, mm. the audience will fill in the gaps yeah. for you. They'll make 
anything small you give them into something huge because there's nothing else. In the absence of anything else, it all becomes meaningful. You've just reminded me of uh, a reference that I hadn't intended to say, but that's, yeah. that's the rooster that we've just seen as well, where you've got the character played by Phoenix Ray who doesn't give much. He just goes along. We follow him on his you know, day-to-day in a way, um, and it's the other characters, one in particular, that sort of create the meaning, impose the meaning almost yeah. onto him. So we're at least a vehicle for us understanding him a bit better. Um, and that happens here because he's not giving much himself, but all of these characters, we start to gradually piece together what, what he's all about. Hadn't thought of that either, really, mm. but that's a great call. So Vin Vendors yes. is sort of apparently hailed as the godfather of slow cinema. Is that something you knew about? Yes, yeah. vaguely. I haven't watched all of Vin Vendors, but I've, I've seen enough to know his style. And, you know, when you said he goes, you know, anti Hollywood, I think that's a, a thing. I, I don't think he's um, known to um, be of the Hollywood mold. I've somehow missed all of his films. This is the first one that I've seen, and I'm truly impressed by it. Mm. Um, one other thing that I took away from this film is that our lives are too busy. Yes. And there's just a simple joy in having very little in your life and just focusing on that, those few things and mm. doing them very well, which I think is actually a bit of a Japanese philosophy in general. Mm but it's highlighted in this film so beautifully and the repetition of every day, it's the same thing and it's the same five, yeah. say it's five things, but he's just going to do those five things well and that's it. Yeah, that, that was a lesson and I took that lesson early. That said, as you progress along the film, the, those routines and, and that sort of thing start to have different meaning and you, mm. you start to think that, well, maybe, you know, this is an escape from something that, and, you know, this is not, um, he's joyful on the outside, but there's some pain underneath that the routine masks. That's right. And I, I came away with a strong feeling that he is a man who had a very complicated, busy, mm. painful past, and he's made this conscious choice. Yep. The other thing I took away from it is that when you do make a conscious choice like this, there will be a host of women that will come and try and ruin it and that you will have to push them away to continue your perfect, quiet, tranquil yeah. lifestyle. So women are the problem. <laughs> That's the only thing I could deduce from what was presented to us. No, no. I mean, there were a couple men in there too, but mostly it was women. Yeah, I suspect there's a lot of women troubles even under the surface that we're not even presented with True. as well. But who knows? Uh, it may seem like women are the problem, but... This guy could be, you know, we don't know much about him. No. He could be a real wanker. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, he probably is. He probably is. Well, most of us are. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's true. The women are probably better off without him. I'd say so. Let's, let's stick with that. We'll get, <laughs> okay. we'll get more views. Yeah, Less absolutely. Complaints. So, should we move on to what we were reminded of while watching this film? Absolutely. All right. What do you got, Doc? Well, we were talking about Vim Vendors, so I'll just continue with the slow cinema vibe mm. and the one i was reminded of of the inventors catalog is paris texas now i don't think you've seen no. or you haven't because you haven't you know tell me a about Vim it. guy, a Vim guy. I, i'm going to be vague 
A, because I don't want to spoil it, and B, because I don't remember it very clearly. <laughs> Good. Uh, but it stars Harry Dean Stanton. Uh, it's a classic. It's brilliant. And he appears as a mute, you know, early in, in the thing. It's very slow moving. We just see, you know, the minutia of, of his movements through the day. Uh, but the thing that really got me was he goes into a peep show or a strip club or something like that where he's looking at a woman, you know, through the glass. Uh, I won't give too much of what that relationship means, but he sort of he starts talking and he's revealing stuff to her. Now, in the background of Perfect Days, we, we sense that there is a little hidey hole that this guy is perhaps visiting mm. that we're not, That's true. we're not privy to. Um, so he goes somewhere, he's perhaps meeting with a, a woman or, or some, something of, the like, of that like, and you sense that maybe there's another, another life. And so I just think they're, they're meant to be companion pieces, they're meant to be talking to each other, maybe showing different uh, angles of a similar journey. It's great, great. I haven't seen the film, so it's hard for me to really connect in with that, but I, it sounds great. Well, good. That's exactly good. the audience I think that's, that, that I want because <laughs> it was probably ridiculous, but you were impressed by it. So that's excellent. Awesome. How about you? Well, you know what? I actually forgot to write it down, but it was in my head while I was watching it. So I'm going to mention it. Groundhog Day. Yes, that's great. Right? Yeah. Groundhog Day, if it weren't funny and nothing happened and the guy wasn't trying to escape. <laughs> He was happy being stuck in the same way. Yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that's, that's, that's a ripper. And there's the melancholy in Groundhog Day yeah. as well, just different, realised a bit differently. but Absolutely. Yeah, both good yarns. I'm going to jump straight into my next one oh, because it's yes. just occurred to me there's an awesome connection here. Go. Bill Murray. Ah, yes. Groundhog Day. The other reminds I, me of I had. I know what you're going to say, but say it. Lost in translation. Yep, I felt the same. Yes, right? You, you can't. You can't watch a Japanese film, probably, if you're from a Western country and not think of Lost in Translation. However, we've got Sofia Coppola shooting a film in Japan, an outsider going into deep into this culture and mm. presenting it to us in a really engaging way, mm. in a way that made a lot of people probably want to travel to Japan. Mm. Well, here we've got Vim doing something kind of similar. So that one struck me. You know what else I'm just realizing? You and your, you're, you're, having you're, connections, you're just, just firing What are you, what are you on? on? So I was doing a little bit of reading and uh, Francis Ford Coppola was one of the first sort of sponsors or mentors of Vim. Oh, wow. Yeah. He, he was the one that, you know, apparently the film that he first, you know, got up and running was before Paris, Texas, and it didn't go very well. But then Paris, Texas was his next film, and that sort of launched his career. Mm. Um, and, yeah, Francis Ford was there. And then his daughter went off and did a Japanese film. Vim did too. Bada bing, bada boom. Oh, this is blowing my mind. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> stupid. It's, but a, it's a conspiracy. It's definitely a conspiracy. <laughs> what well, do you got? Uh, well, I'm going to get off the J Japanese and the Coppolas and all of that. Yep. This is an odd one. I'm not going to spend long on it, but I've started recently reading Marcel Proust's In Search of Lost Time. Okay. Uh, I'm not far enough in to give a dissertation on, okay. on, on it, but it is an enormous um, piece of work. Like it's several, several volumes. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds and terrible. Well, some people think it's terrible. Some people love it, some hate it, but it is slow. Okay. And it goes through, you know, minute by minute, the, um, the inner thoughts of, of the, the main characters as far as what I'm up to. Um, but just with the, the pacing, I think there's two types of stories that can be told. One is the fast-paced, plot-driven, mm. going from here to there type thing. Yeah. And the other is the slowing down and really investigating how the mind works and the more psychological kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think I generally like the latter, and that's why I love Perfect Days. Okay. Yeah, that's great. I will never read that. Tell me what it's like. <laughs> I'll tell you in about 20 years okay, when it's done. <laughs> awesome. Any more from you? Any, well, <clears throat> any other Japanese... No. Invented things. Uh, mine's more of a filmmaker connection. So uh, I'm just impressed by the ability of a filmmaker to move seamlessly from documentary to narrative, as mm. Vin does and is known for. And so I was thinking about Werner Herzog or Werner Herzog, <laughs> who's, who's one of my uh, other sort of faves that can do that. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm as knowledgeable about Werner as you are about Vin. So between <laughs> us, I think we... Um, we're winners, but um, <laughs> alone we've got some gaps. <laughs> great, great, great. That's not really a, a, a reminds me of. It's more of a, oh, look, there's other people that do this too. Anyway. I think it's great. And I think they clearly, these two styles inform each other. Mm. Uh, so there's a lot of documentary about perfect days and I'm sure there's a lot of storytelling techniques in, in these docos. Absolutely. What have you got? Was that it? Did we do, did you do two already? Have you got another one there? I've got a just a, a bonus, uh, and this is a spoiler, so people can. There's nothing really to spoil, but yeah, the fine. I just want to mention the final scene. Uh, I think it's the final scene where it's a close up of, of his face. Is it the final scene? I think you're right. When he's driving down the road. When he's driving and he's joyful, he's smiling, and we stay on that for it felt like minutes. Mm. And the, the smile turns into an uncertain smile, turns into but maybe is he about to cry, but no, he's happy again. And then he's, yeah, he's crying. No, no, he's very happy. Yeah. And there's the melancholy of that moment was probably my highlight. It's so nice to have a highlight at the very end. Yeah. Um, so that was just poetry. And great. it reminded me of a scene that I'm sure I've mentioned before, and it's the final scene of Crimes and Misdemeanors by Woody Allen, mm. which is my favourite of all time, uh, where Woody has a, a similar moment where it just ends on his melancholy face. Um, and, yeah, I, I love that stuff. Beautiful. I love it. You know what it reminded me of? What? A little bit. It reminded me a little bit of Tom Cruise and Jerry Maguire singing Free Falling in his car. Do you remember that? No, I don't. I can, I can picture it like I, I remember it, but yeah. no, I don't. It's almost the same framing, uh, but loud and obnoxious, whereas this is quiet and subdued. Yeah. Or, or Wayne and Garth sing, singing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, we're, we're getting off track. <laughs> anyway, I thought it was near perfect. I'm glad we saw it. Um, I'm looking forward to the next one. Any final thoughts? No, um, other than saying it's one of the the sort of surprises of the festival so far. Didn't think it was going to be something I would love, and I did. I loved it. And it was about two hours, wasn't it? Yeah. I remember we had a couple of two-hour ones 
back to back and I was a bit nervous. Yep. I'm thinking, we're doing a lot of films here. Can I really do this? Should I bail? But we didn't and well worth it. All right, Doc. See you at the next one. See you, Baron. <laughs>